Okay, so tonight we are going to have a joint Tuesday and Wednesday night um, Vad uh, on the topic of Shavuos. Tomorrow night I will not be giving a Vad, so we're going to do it all tonight. And um, there's so much to talk about when it comes to Shavuos, especially for Bnei Taira, people that are not involved in learning. It's just a day of uh, pretty much cheesecake and... Uh, and sleeping, and a little bit of staying up, but for Ben Taira, Shavuos is a very, very critical day on the calendar, a major day. It's a day that we, uh, as the Shlach Hadish says, it's the Yom Din of Taira. It's the day that all is decided on the coming year of how much we're going to steig, how many how many chidushim we're going to be able to be mechadish, how many uh, times we're able to be to chazer, and chazer with a geshmak, and the siyat, the shmaya that we need, and everything really hangs in the balance on Shavua. So it's a very, very important day of the year for Ben Taira. Uh, I'd like to speak about one specific element of, uh, of Taira, of Limana Taira, and it's based on a Gemara in Shabbos. The Gemara in Shabbos on Daf Gimel Amid Beis says the following, Kikai Rebbe, when Rebbe is holding in one Mesechta, do not ask him a question in a, a different Mesechta, because maybe he's not going to know it. All right? Again, the Gemara says that uh, when Rebbe is holding in one Mesechta, do not ask him in a different Mesechta because he might not be familiar with that other Mesechta. So, for example, if this year uh, we were learning Gittin and you have a question on, uh, in Erevin, you have a question on Baba Basra, so don't go over to your Rebbe. I mean, really, the Gemara is speaking here about Rebbe himself, but just to give an analogy, don't go over to your Rebbe and ask him a kasha on Baba Basra because... He's not holding, but he's giving shir and gittin. So what do you want from him? That's the way the Gemara seems to be reading. And this isn't talking about our, our Rabbeim here in 2022. We're talking about Rabbeinu HaKadosh. Whatever you want to say, you know, you probably wouldn't say that about, uh, you know, don't go over to the Rosh Shiva, you know, in a different Masechta. He probably can handle his, he could hold his own in any Masechta. So, you know, it's probably, uh, but if you can say that about the Rosh Shiva, you could definitely say it about Rabbeinu HaKadosh. So what does the Gemara mean that it says, don't ask Rabbeinu HaKadosh in a different Masechta, because he might, he might not be holding in that Masechta. What does that mean? It's a very, very difficult Gemara to understand, right at the beginning of Shabbos, Gimel Amidbez. And so in the Sefer Derech Sicha, um, the author of the Sefer quotes his father. Who's the author of the Sefer? It's about... It's discussions that he had with Rebchaim Kanievsky, but the author of the Sefer's name is Rebbe Yoaman, uh, and his father was a very big Talmud Chacham, and he said that he heard once from his father that if you look in the Rashi there in Mesech Shabbos, what does it mean? She'ein libayl Mesechta zu. His heart is not in that Mesechta. He might know the Mesechta intellectually, but his heart is not in that Mesechta. Meaning that a person, when he's into a certain Masechta, means that his heart is into the Masechta. He might, Rabbeinu HaKadosh was definitely holding in Kala Kula, 
But in terms of the actual heart, where is his heart located? His heart is in that Masechta. His heart is in only the Masechta that he's learning, and he's not in other Masechtas. Reb Chaim Kanievsky said that in the olden days, there wasn't, uh, they didn't have Gemaras printed like we do. It was all Mamish. And therefore, um, a Masechta Achrina Acheres that wasn't written down like it is nowadays, it's different. Meaning today it's much easier to, you can bring me over a Gemara and I'll figure it out, make a laning. But back then when they weren't Mamish Shakua in the Masechta that they were learning, it was sort of more difficult because they didn't have access to all the Gemara. So you Mamish had to like shift gears in your mind, says Reb Chaim, and that's already something that's a little bit more difficult to do. All right, that's, a, that's basically a nice idea, but now I want to drill a little deeper, and that is the Torah of the Pachet Yitzchak. Rabbi Yitzchak Kutner, in his Sefer, in his classic Sefer Pachet Yitzchak on Shavuos, I wanted to bring it in, but I, uh, they don't have it in the in the Spanish, somebody must have been uh, borrowing it, uh, not returning it. So he says the following, okay, so I'm going to say it out, out la- outside the way that I remember it, and I'm pretty sure I'm accurate, but... I may not be, but I think I am. This is what the Pachid Yitzchak says. This is what Rav Hutner says. That there is a Gemara in Mesecha Shabbos later, in the Gemara about Matan Taira, about Kabbalah Satira, the famous Gemara on Peches and, and Peites and Shabbos. And the Gemara there says that B'Shah She'kibli Yisrael HaSatira, when Klai Yisrael were Makabal the Taira, Al kol dibur v'dibur. On every single dibur, there was nismale kala oylam kulai besamim. The entire world was full of an aroma, a beautiful aroma. So, for example, when Hakadosh Baruch Hu says the first dibur, Anoichi Hashem Aleikecha Asherit Seisichem Eitzvah, I am Hashem your God who took you out of Egypt. All of a sudden, there was a huge aroma that blew in to the world. And it filled every single crevice of the entire Bria with the smell of Anoichi Hashem Lekecha. And then when the Gemara says, and when all the Dibris, every single one of the Dibris, was Nesmalei Kalalim Kulai Besamim from that Dibris. So Frek the Gemara, I don't understand. V'chimei Acher Nesmalei Kalalim Kulai Besamim from one Dibris. So what happened to that aroma that how do you have another aroma coming in when the let's say I, I pipe in to this uh, to this little room uh, rose aroma okay and, and now the whole room smells of, of rose so now I'm gonna now another deeper comes in and I'm gonna pipe in another there's, there's still the reach of aroma here the the reich of roses here what does it mean that I'm gonna get another reach of something else how does that happen how do you overlap or aromas like how do you there has to be a hevdal between each of them, presumably. And the Gemara says, you're right. The Gemara says that what HaKadosh Baruch Hu did was, after the first Dibar of Anoichi, the whole world was full of rose smelling, let's say, of, smell, uh, of a, the smell of a rose. Then HaKadosh Baruch Hu took a, a ruach, blew out the entire smell of roses from the world, and now he was able to have a new aroma for the next Dibar, a brand new aroma of, let's say, uh, of peaches, of, of apricots, of, uh, of, uh, of whatever, of another smell. 
And then he took that and he blew that out. And then he had the next aroma, which was uh, the aroma of uh, of and then uh, and then But every single one of the dibrais had their own unique aroma. But in between them, Hakadosh Baruch Hu had to do an activity of blowing out the old aroma to make room for the new one. Is that is that understandable? That's what the Gemara says. Says Rav Hutner takes Rav Hutner takes out of this Gemara an amazing thing. He says, you see from here that. When we, whatever took place at Matan Taira wasn't just a one-time thing. Whatever we find in all these many chazalan, we have so many beautiful chazalan about Matan Taira. Nothing is just like Matan Taira at that time, 3,000 some odd years ago at Mount Sinai. Everything that happened at Matan Taira is something that's relevant for us. There's a takeaway for us in every year that we're living. Every year is another new Chiddush that we could take away from our Sinai. I'll give you one example of, of this, and then we'll get back to what Rav Utner said. When, you know, if you look in the Haggadah, there's a, uh, in the Dayenus, it says that Elo Kirvanu Lufne Har Sinai Nasan If you would have taken us to Har Sinai and not given us the Tyra, it would have been Dayenu, it would have been enough. And everybody asks, what do you mean it would be, be enough? It would be, it's enough just to come to the foot of our Sinai, have that teaser and not get the actual Tyra. What's the point of coming to our Sinai without getting the Tyra? Well, if, uh, if I would take my kids on, uh, you know, to Disneyland and, uh, and we take them to the, to, you know, to the gate of the park, and I say, okay, Kindelach, we took you to Disneyland, let's go home now. What do you mean? We didn't actually go into the park. We didn't get to see uh, the the Magic Kingdom. We didn't get to see the Epcot or whatever whatever it is, whatever the attractions are there. We didn't get to see it. You took us to the to the foot of you took us to the threshold, but you cheaped out at the end. You didn't give us. You didn't let us in. Obviously, can you say to people you were at Disneyland if you didn't go into just because you were at the in the parking lot? Obviously, it's ridiculous. What, is, what does the Haggadah Lahabdul mean when it says, Elu Kirvanulfness, you would have brought us to our Sinai, but not given us the Taira? Perfect. That, that's amazing. What does that mean? How is that amazing? What's that, why is that Tayenu? You didn't do anything. So the Alishur brings a beautiful memra from his rabbi, Rabbi Rucham, the great Mir Mashkiach, and he says that in those days when Rabbi Rucham was, uh, was alive, uh, the, there was a great invention. The inventions of then were different than the event today. The inventions are all technology-driven. It's very hard to be mechadish something. There still is chidushim even in non-technology sectors, but everything, the new inventions are either in biotech and biomed and, uh, you know, inventing new, uh, new technologies and new screens and new, new chips and all that. In the old days, they didn't have that yet. So what was a cutting-edge technology? Cutting-edge technology, one of the major inventions was the thermos. You know what the thermos is? Thermos is, I don't even know if anyone here even knows what a thermos bottle is, but uh, yeah, you have, you have a, a thermos bottle. I used to have a, used to have a little, uh, when I was a little boy, have um, a, a lunchbox. In the lunchbox, there was like a little cute little thermos that matched whatever the action figure on the lunchbox was. No one knows what I'm talking about. 
But um, um, you know, I know you know. Uh, but but it was a very big chiddush. What is a thermos? A thermos is that it was basically. Uh, you probably do know what it is. It's like a let's say a canister, and you untwist the top, and inside somebody was mechadish. It's it seems to be you know ubiquitous today. Everybody I guess has it or they used to have it. But then it was a very big chiddush. You were able to put let's say piping hot coffee in the morning into this thing because there were mirrors inside of it and there was some foam and there was some insulation on top of insulation with different types of things and you were able to like like twist the cap shut and it would somehow be able to keep coffee very, very hot for an entire day. And why is that such a big deal? Why don't you just go to the coffee room again? Because let's say you were working in a, on a, on, in a construction site and you were on a building, you know, on the, the 40th floor of the building. And you didn't want to, you know, keep on going down every time you wanted your coffee. You wanted to have your coffee hot all day. No problem. You have a, a thermos and the thermos is that you're going on a picnic and you want to have hot coffee, you know, at any time you want it. You don't have to bring a, an urn anymore. You just have a thermos. That was a tremendous fish. You're able to unlock the thermos, and when you untwist it, it's as hot as when you put it in. That was an amazing fish at the time. So Rabbi Rucham used to say that that's a good muscle for what Matantaira is. Matantaira was not, when we read in the Taira about that there was Kailais and there was Brokim and there was Aish, there were fire coming out of Har Sinai. And we think, okay, that's really cool. I wish I was there. Rabbi Yochum says you are there. Every single time you open up your Gemara, it's like untwisting the thermos and all of the heat and all the radiance and all the beauty and all the energy and all the passion and the kailas and the brachim all pop out of the Gemara if you're in tune to the Gemara. It doesn't pop out for anyone but if a person is really excited about learning Taira, if a person is very, very much uh, trying to, to tap into his inner Kedusha, to the Neshama, and, and connect with the Bayer Eilam through the Limanat Taira, then he'll feel the warmth, just like the thermos is able to insulate and, and maintain that warmth for, for a very long time. By Maimon Har Sinai, we were Zaycha to that. Even before we got the Tyrus as Yeruchim, the mere fact that we were by the foot of Harsina and we saw the Kailas and the Brokim and the Aish and we saw all these sights and sounds, the shock and awe of Matan Taira, that's with us till today. That's a legacy that we never lost. Rabbi Shmuel Rizovsky says that when you come into a base medrash and you know, a base medrash is knocking, as they say in Yiddish. It's like, it's, it's, going, it's on fire. Everything is like, and you walk into a base medrash. Sometimes you walk in and like, the sound like hits you. It's like so loud and beautiful and palpable. You're like, you're, you get excited. He says, that's the kailas of Matantaira. The kailas and brakim that we heard in Matantaira is with us in the base medrash every, every single day. That's Harsinai Dick. That's the legacy of Harsinai. Harsinai wasn't a, something that happened so many thousands of years ago. Harsinai is every single day. You know, Lahabdil, when you go into a library, if you ever go into a, this library, a public library, if you start talking out loud, even a mashu, there's going to be like one of these nerdy librarians coming over to you and telling, shh, you're in a library. You're in a library. You know, 
oh, oh, okay, sorry, I didn't know I'm not allowed to talk in a library, you know. Then, Lahabdo, let's say this librarian would, you would walk her into Lander College for Men and she'd see what's going on in the base Medrash, and that's a library in a sense, right? We have books there, we have people are supposed to be studying, but it's the opposite, it's not quiet. If you're quiet, that's like you're not into it. If you, you have to be screaming, you have to be robust, and you have to be, you know, on top of your game and energized and passionate, and like, and you know, that a librarian would like probably have a heart attack if they come into a base medrash. But that's what a, a Klal Yisrael understands that that's the way to learn. How do we understand that? Maybe we should make it very quiet, because at Matan which is the the template of how Torah is supposed to be given, Ladairas. There was kailas, there was brachim, it was loud, it was fire, it was, it was brimstone, it was, uh, it was people were, were screaming, and there was, there was an ish, there was a fire that, that it was given with, there was passion. That's the tzura of Matantaira. Everything that happened at Matantaira is relevant till this day. And Rav Huttner says that that's the pshat in this Gemara that we said about Rebbe. Rabbeinu HaKadosh, don't ask him a shayla from another mesechta when he's holding in one mesechta. Why? Why can't we give a few terutzim? Says Rufutin, you know why? Because Matantaira teaches us that when you're in Anoichi, if you're in the first Debra of Anoichi, remember what we said when HaKadosh Baruch Hu said Anoichi Hashem Lekecha, what happened? The whole world became full of a beautiful aroma. That, what does that mean? It, became full? it means that my entire being was completely consumed by Anoichi Hashem Lekecha. That's the only thing that I had in my mind at that moment. The world was Anech Hashem Lekechadik. Now, you want to get to L'Yelechad? Fine. But to get to L'Yelechad, first HaKadosh Baruch has to blow out of the world Anech Hashem Lekechad, not, not to get rid of it, but the, the, the feeling, the passion of Anech Hashem Lekechad has to be you know, put on hold. Get rid of that Reach, and now you have room for a new Reach. Now here comes a L'Yelechad Reach. And then there's, there, there's uh, and then Leisisa, and then Kabir Slavicha, and then there's Leisirtzach, Leisina, Leisachmei. These are, every single one of them has their own unique Ruach and Reach. And in order to understand a new one, you have to then blow out the old one. Says the Pachid that's what happens when we're holding in one Mesechta. If we're holding one Mesechta, it doesn't mean that, okay, but I'm, I'm still holding in Shas. You're not supposed to be holding in Shas. You're supposed to be holding in the Mesechta that you're learning. When you're learning Mesechas Gittin, the whole day, night, before you go to sleep, lunchtime, breakfast, Ben Astarim, everything should be Gittin Dick, because that's the Mesechta that I'm learning. And, and a lot of guys you know, try in many yeshivas and ours included to try to, you know, really get into it and make it be Messiah the whole Masechta, maybe Chazer many times that same Masechta. And then at the end of the year, Chazer Shalom, you never blow out of you getting, you always keep it and you Chazer. But in order to go to next year's Masechta, you have to first like sort of understand that I have to be finished with the, with the Masechta that I'm in. Don't ask Rabbeinu HaKadosh another Mesechta. Not that he can't handle it, he can answer it. But his whole world is consumed by Gittin this year. So he's, he's, he's eating Gittin, he's sleeping Gittin, he's thinking Gittin day and night. Whatever he's doing is Gittin, Gittin, Gittin. He's being Mechadish and Gittin, he's Chazer and Gittin, he's talking about Gittin, he's writing Chidush Yitayra and Gittin. His whole Mesechta, his whole world is Gittin. 
You want to start Psachim? Fine. But first we have to finish Gittin, and then we have to make a whole new start. We have a Bein Azmanim, and we, uh, we Chazer, and then we're, we prepare ourselves for the next Masechta, and then we dive deeply into that Masechta. Where do we learn that from? We learn that from Matan Taira. Matan Taira teaches you the way that you're supposed to learn. When you're in the, in the Masechta of Anoich Hashem Lekecha, the whole world was full. There was no room for Allah you were supposed to be consumed by, by Anoichi. Once Anoichi is done, okay, we blow out Anoichi, we, we have room for enough something new. And that's, the, uh, that's such an important yisai that the Bachir Yitzchak is telling us about Liman Atayra. A lot of times in life, we, we spread ourselves out very thin. And we want to learn a lot of different things. But, and that's fine. It's very good to have broad-based ideas. Very, very good. But more importantly sometimes is just to like, to marinate in one thing. It doesn't have to be a mesechta. I'm not even talking about a mesechta. Let's say you have a, a, a project this summer, and it's always good to have summer projects, whatever it might be. But let's say your project this summer is uh, you want to master um, uh, Sefer Shaiftim. Just picking a random example. Shaiftim and Nach manageable, I want to be able to learn it. Make that your meaning, if you're going to learn Shaiftim, and I'm going to learn Yaina, and I'm going to learn, uh, I'm going to be Mavisedra with Rashi and Ramban, if you're doing too many things, you're going to probably be left with very little. If you have one Limud, one project for the summer, it might be a Masechta that you're going to be working on. Maybe you want a Chazer Gittin. Maybe you want to learn a new Masechta. Maybe you want a Chazer Megillah. Or you want to learn a, whatever. Fill in the blank, whatever it is. Or you want to learn something in Tefillah. Or you want to learn Mishnabura. Or you want to learn uh, Yeridea. Or whatever it is that you want to do. It's, 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 there's so much, much to learn in Tyra. And you have the choice. Especially Ben Azman. And you could choose whatever you want. Try to find something that you could like immerse yourself in something that you're interested in and something that's doable and something manageable and something that you can completely like be so immersed in that if somebody asks you something else, you don't even have a, a shaykhist to anything else because you're shikr in a good way from what you're learning. It's all I want to do. It's all I'm, uh, this is what I want. I want to master this summer mesachas pliny. I want to be able to go through a certain sefer and nach. I want to be able to learn a certain chilek of Mishnah I want whatever it is. And that's my mesechta. And it's going to be what I eat. It's going to be what I sleep. It's going to be what I go to sleep thinking about. I'm going to wake up with terutzim, be mechadish, write notes on it, give a little chabur on it maybe. Whatever it is that I'm doing, it should be with, with the reach of that mesechta or that limud completely permeates my entire being. I don't know if any one of you has ever uh, um, written a chabura or, or been asked to say a chabura. So, you know, sometimes in yeshiva, they have, uh, you have opportunities. Let's say you have a chabura of guys and you're learning uh, a mesechta or you're, you're giving or maybe, a, I don't know, something on Sefer mitzvahs or chinuch or whatever, a chabura and whatever, in parsha and in, in, in halach, whatever it is. And now it's your turn to give a chabura. This Thursday night, you're going to be giving a chabura. So what is a chabura? A chabura generally, in like in a, you know, a, a classically, 
is that you have to you have to learn through a certain sugya, whatever it is, or a halachic topic. Let's say uh, I don't know, kabbalah b'drabimine, just any any random sugya and shas. You have to learn through the sugya well. You have to maybe figure out a machlekes rishaynim, maybe come up with a chiddush of your own, maybe find a, an achrin to support your chiddush, and or a diuk somewhere that 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 brings it. And that that's a beautifully packaged chabura. Now, if you would ever, if you would ever, if you know what I'm talking about, if you ever asked to do that, or if you weren't asked to do it yet, I'll explain to you the beauty of that system. The beauty is that I know, see right now, if you're just passively going to shear every single day, you know, you have a beautifully packaged shear, you come in the morning, your Rebbe gives you a, you know, shear of Meyer Mekaymas, and you look them over, and you hopefully get through them, and then you come to shear, and hopefully you stay awake for shear, and you, and you, and you hopefully, you know, get most, if not all, of shear, and then you go weiter, maybe you chaz the shear if you're really good, and then the next morning is another, same thing, but you didn't really actively do much on your own. You were just, and dutifully, and, and you should have been doing that, you did exactly what you're supposed to be doing, but you were passively taking in what your Rebbe was saying, and that's an amazing thing, that's an unbelievable thing. But sometimes, in order to really get the juices flowing, you have to like say, okay, let's say I had to give a shear. What would I do? Like, how would I do? And, and you start learning, it's a different learning. Right? Because you're learning now not just to, to understand shear, you're, you're learning now to give a shear. You're being mechaev yourself to give something over to other people. It has to make sense, you have to get it clear, and then you have to... And those days, I remember it very well, those days that you literally like had to prepare that chabura, that special shear, and you knew that there were guys that were sitting at the edge of their seats waiting to hock you up, waiting to like dispute everything that you're saying and disprove it, Right? There's always those guy, that guy that's, you know, that's waiting you know, in ambush. So you have to like, make sure that it's really watertight. And what do you have to do? You have to like, learn it and chazer it and then look through every, spend till like 3 o'clock in the morning looking up every rishon or in the back of the masifta or whatever it is that you're going to. And then you pace around, maybe you walk around the whole chazer thinking and thinking and thinking and you're getting deeper and deeper into the Tairus Hashem. And there's no more beautiful experience for a bentaira than that. Than that. Sometimes people say, it's not Kishma, I don't know, I'm going to share it down, I don't enjoy Shara. Try making a Chabura once. Whatever it is in, I don't care what it's in. It doesn't have to be, you know, the, the highest level of Taira. It could be, you know, on, something on the parsha. A question they add on Rashi, and then you do some research, and you come, a Ramban, and this, and make machlekes between them, and you come up with something, and you think about it, and you chazer it, and you go over it, and you, you speak it out with people before. And now is the day you're coming to give a shir, your chabura, and you're so excited. And there's so much beauty, because you feel like you really, you, you touched something so fundamental, such a bedrock of Tyra, that you never did that before. That's what we're talking about. That's what Huttner is saying. You want to really understand what Kabbalah Satira is. You should feel that when, you, when I'm so into one Masechta, I can't even begin to discuss with you another Masechta. It doesn't mean that I don't know the other Masechta. But I have no interest right now in discussing it. I don't have the, the, the brain space, the mind space for another Masechta. I'm eating, breathing, sleeping one thing, and you're asking me something. I, I just can't. It's not, not for now. To, you know, maybe next month on Shabbos come over to me. Right now, I'm so... Did you ever have that? 
Were you ever able to experience that you're so into one sugya that you're learning that if somebody taps you on the shoulder and asks you a question on something else, a pasuk and chumash, or the, you don't even, I, I'm, I'd love to help you out. And of course you should help the person out, but it's like annoying almost because you're taking me out of something that I'm, I'm loving. I'm deeply immersed. I'm, I'm, I'm intoxicated by something that I'm, it's, you know, I don't want to give mishalom, but I can give you good mishalom about, you know, sometimes you're into something else. You're in the middle of a video game, a gishmaka video game, and somebody comes and, like, asks you, can you help me with some homework? Like, what do you mean? I'm in the, I'm in the fourth item of my video game. I'm already, I'm, I'm at an all-time high, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm paralleled in Lander God's Remen. No one has even gotten close. What, what are you bothering me for? Leave me alone. Come back to me tomorrow, I'll help you, but not now. That's how a person who is really deeply involved in learning feels. Of course they want to do chesed, they want to help somebody else, but they, the beauty of Tyra is when you're so saturated with what you're learning that you don't even, you can't even, you don't want to do homework, you don't want to do college, you don't want to do, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to, nothing, nothing interests me right now. I just want to pace, I just want to think, I just want to chazer, that's all I want. That's the ideal of Divrei Tyra. Now, I don't know if, if you understand, if you could relate to what I'm saying or not. I can't relate to what I'm saying constantly because it, it's, a rare, it's rare that you have those moments. But when you have that moment, there's nothing in the world like it. That's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants. If you're wondering, like, what's the, what's the real essence of Torah? When everyone says, Amelis and Torah, Yagiyah and Torah, what does that mean? Am I supposed to sweat? It's like I'm on a, I'm on a treadmill. I'm, I should put a gym suit on when I'm, when I'm learning Torah. What does that mean? No, no, no. What it means is that you should be so drilling to the core of the sugya of whatever it is that you're learning that nothing in the world interests you because you're, you're engaged in, in the world of that specific Indian that you're aiming on. Again, it's, it doesn't have to be gitten. It could be a pasuk in chumash. It could be a, a halacha in shulchanar. Everybody has their own thing, by the way. Some people love halacha. They love uh, they love svarim. They love getting into seeing what the the can say igris meishes and kivegers and whatever. Some people love that. They're drawn to halacha. Some people it doesn't interest me so much. I wish it did. Obviously, you should be drawn to everything. But everybody has their own tchunas hanefesh. What appeals to them? Some people love lamdus. Some people love machshava. Some people love musr. Some people love bekias. Some people love Bi'ion. Some people love, uh, you know, Zayar, Kabbalah, Chasidos. Everyone has their own Neti, and that's all wonderful. But whatever it is that you love, put your all into it. Like, try to, like, just, like, move the curtains of the world away for a little bit. In the summer, you have that time. In the, in, during the year, you don't have that because there's so many responsibilities, and there's you know, this first Seder, and this second Seder, night Seder, college, you know, the finals, the, you don't always have, time is not always your own, but in the summer, assuming that you're not doing something crazy that, with your schedule, and you have time for yourself, try to do what I'm telling you to do, a little bit. Focus on one thing that you enjoy, and then dive as deeply as you can, and swim in it, so to the degree that you don't want to be interrupted. No one can disturb me, not because, uh, you know, my chabris is bugging me not to take a break, because I'm bugging myself. I don't want to leave. I'm so into it. I'm so I'm getting such hanah from understanding a deep, a deep seated, true meaning of what is going on, that I'm, I feel like I'm connecting with the Bayer Elamim. That's what Tyra is. That's the, the 
the, the most beautiful moments of Taira is when, not when somebody has a gun to your head to learn, but when you find something and you, you, and you make it your own. It's Taira delay, it's your own Taira, and you're mechadish in it, and you're writing something about it, and you, and you feel like you're mastering something, one specific mechzaya and Taira, whatever that is, and you go over it, and you go deeper, and you discuss it, and you ask your Rebbe, and you... And you're, you're like, at the end of the summer, you're, you're going to be like amazed of what, how deep you were able to form a relationship with something in Tyra. And then you're going to see what everyone is raving about when it comes to Tyra. Tyra is beautiful, but it's beautiful only when it becomes yours, when you, when you have a relationship with it, and when you own it, and when you master it. That's when you really can say, ah, now I understand what Tyra is so, why Tyra is so fantastic. Never got it before because it was always like force-fed and spoon-fed to you. But when you start working on it on your own, on whatever level, each, each and every person in this room might be on different levels. If you're holding here, then go here. If you're holding here, then go here. But whatever level it is, the Tyra is customized. It's customizable. Tyra is not only for geniuses. Tyra is for geniuses. It's also for first-grade boys and, and third-grade girls. And, and, and every person is supposed to get whatever they can out of it. And you and I have our own different ways of looking at things, and that's fine. But the more that you try to understand things through your own eyes and your own heart, and you try to be creative with Tyra, and you try to think, uh, think outside the box a little bit, and before you see Tysus Kasha, pace around a little bit and see if maybe, I, what would I have said if I was Tysus? How would I have answered that? Or before you get to the Achreinim to see how they explain a Machlekes Rishainim, how would I explain the Let me give the shear. And when you start learning like that, it's a learning that you've never experienced before. That's the beauty of Mantaira. And if you're worried that you're not going to be successful, then daven on Shuas that you should be successful. Because Shuas, like I said before, is the Yaim Hadin of Taira. And if you want what I'm describing this evening, if you feel like, yeah, that sounds like something that could work for me, and I really want to try that. But I don't know if I'm, if I'm going to have the Siat Dishmaya to succeed because I'm not holding the, Davin. Cry to the Rabbani Shalom on Shavuos. Shavuos night, Shavuos morning, Shavuos night, Shavuos morning. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu, please give me the Siat Dishmaya to be able to steig, to be mechadish, to get close to the Taira, to have an Abbas HaTaira, and a Mitzvah Shem HaKadosh Baruch Hu will be Mali Mishalas Libeno L'tayva.